Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Talk and Power podcast, episode 120. I am Nick DiCembre. I am co-hosting here with Simon Gonzo Travellini over there and Todd Brinkworth over there. How are we, guys? I think technically you're the host and we're just guests. We're all co-hosts here. <laughs> yeah. Just blow-ins, I think, aren't we? Well, I am. Do you think? Do you feel like a guest? The green know. room's shit. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> we got, the green room's got a couch in it. Has we, it? We have yeah. Is there a fridge? No, there isn't, actually. <laughs> but we've got barbecue chips today, you know. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I'm not a and fan of barbecue some, myself. There's some baked there. cheese delights, so tarts over there that Todd's brought along. I'm looking forward to trying one of those a bit later. Yeah. Hokkaido? Is that how you say it? Hokkaido? Yeah, Hokkaido. Shout out that, to all the people at Hokkaido. Is that what JDM drivers eat? Yeah. <laughs> so the skip in the room is eating J- JDM food. JDM. <laughs> And I can take the piss out of myself and call myself a skip and get away with it. I don't know if you can, mate. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, speaking of Aussies, Aussies doing well, Daniel Ricciardo. How was that race? Was If that didn't get you excited, then not a lot will, I must say. Not a lot will. And what a stirring victory from start to end, basically. He started on... So he actually came um, third the night before in the sprint race. Uh, Valtteri had to take an engine penalty, so he was starting at the back of the grid. So he started from second and showed Max Verstappen a clean set of a heel straight out of there. Got a really good launch, and he was out of there, never headed. He really controlled the race the whole entire race. It was a stirring victory. Fastest lap on the last lap. I love it. Yeah. Peter Brock style. Peter Brock style. So there's a side bet going between him and Zach Brown. Yeah. That, that um, if he got McLaren a podium, he would get to drive the Dale Earnhardt Senior 1984 uh, Wrangler Chevrolet. Mm. So pay up. Pay Zach, up, Zach. You, you owe Daniel a few laps. Out of all the cars in Zach Brown's collection, I, I mean, you know, apparently Dale Earnhardt Sr. is uh, Daniel Ricciardo's hmm. hero. Yeah. He's meant, you know, who, who he's always looked up to. Hmm. Um, but, man, there is some awesome cars in that collection. Yeah, I don't know a lot about his collection, to be honest. So I've, I know he's got quite a... I mean, he's... His fingers are dabbling a lot of pies, old Zach Brown. He's part owner of Wilkinshaw Andretti Racing here in Australia as well. He's yeah. got the Bathurst winner there mm. yeah, in the okay. collection. Yeah. yeah, the VF, yeah. the last Holden Commodore to win Bathurst. Mm. So he's got he's got a few fingers in a lot of pies, old Zach Brown, and you know CEO of uh, McLaren. That would you know just another Bowen. How do you say it? Bowen is. Feather? Is that how you say it? No, feather oh, in his bow. Feather, feather in, his in his bow. Come on, even I know that one. Jeez. Feather in his cap. Feather in the cap. That's it. Yeah. But. So if you if you get a chance, there's a, a, a ton of videos of his collection. Check it out. But me personally, I'd want to take the um, the Dan Gurney McLaren oh, for yeah. a spin. Yeah, okay. You know, that's good old four-speed stick shift. You know me, I'm all about the four-speed stick shift. He hasn't got an M6 GT, M6 GT, has he? No, I think it's an M8. Oh, okay. I think oh, it was actually... pretty cool. Bru- yeah, they're basically the same chassis. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Bruce McLaren's actual car, but he passed away in that, that testing accident. Yes. So, um, yeah, okay. Got- 
pretty sure it's Dan Gurney to drive it. Anyway, congratulations to Dan Ricardo. We must say that's that's a you know it's been three years in the waiting, yeah. and mm. like he said, I never left. Yes, that's so, right. Yeah, it was you know stirring victory. No, I don't want to talk too much about the Lewis and Hamil- uh, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen show, but the show really does roll on. Do you, Do you think that the penalty was just? Probably a little bit light. Probably oh, really? Bit, yeah, probably a little bit light. Maybe maybe five five grid penalties. Wow. See, they didn't I give I, it enough room. Really, they're not giving each other enough room. Yeah, but I mean, if Hamilton did it, he wouldn't have got a grid penalty. No, I reckon he probably would have. You reckon? What you know? This has sparked a lot of when when the tire <laughs> was sitting on his helmet. I thought that Max should have done it. I just, I, you know. This has instigated a lot of debate amongst people. A good friend of mine rang me this morning and and was disgusted in Max Verstappen's behaviour. And I thought, what, what's wrong? What what what's the big deal? And he pointed out to me he felt that Max stormed off from the scene without checking Lewis's well being. Um, but oh, sorry, you go you go ahead. They got the thong on. No, I must admit though, I <laughs> we all know I'm not a Lewis fan. But again, even I went, we, on my words while I was watching the replay was, where are you going, bro, to Max? Because I'm like, you still get out and check if he's okay. Maybe he saw the car was moving and thinking... Thank you. That was okay. my thought. And that's what I said to but this... Lewis's foot could have been generally accelerated because his freaking neck snapped. You never know. That's what that's what my friend said as well. And I said, <laughs> but I said he was leaving. He was he had picked up reverse. He was trying to get out of there. He goes, how yeah. do you know that? His, his head could have been... He could have been yeah. having some sort of fit and trying to... You know, he doesn't yeah, know. I thought, he just nah, he, was, he was wearing a thong. I thought fine. Max would have just given a... Even, the, even though Lewis probably would give him a finger or, you know, some... Showed him one of his tough stickers. Yeah, or some curse or something. Who, who knows? I See was, this? I was, was going to say something else then, but we got, we got banned for a week. Um, <laughs> I, I thought Max would have at least looked over and gone, oh, well, yeah, all right. And, and even, you know, even if he had a cop to finger sign to the face... No, you spoke to him on the radio. So you all right, mate? <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. all good. That's <laughs> how um, it went down. So it's interesting that I never really I didn't pick up on that, and a good friend of mine, no, he was disgusted with Max's yes, I, behavior and how he stormed off and didn't check on the well-being of of a fellow driver. They, they need to fix these cars, though. They fix. They need to fix these cars, or else the sport's going to go nowhere. What do you mean? Well, they can't. They can't drive close to each other because they lose too much front grip. Yeah, that is yeah. a twenty twenty two fix. There is a fix for that. In Take the wings off. That will, that Haven't we had? That'll fix it. Weren't well, we going to make a T-shirt about this? Wasn't it wings off and basically carburetors and <laughs> no, something? It was, it was Webers and stick shift. <laughs> yeah, H pattern. Yeah, H pattern yeah. and Webers. But yeah, the the dirty air is is getting fixed um, next year. Well, to a certain extent, anyway. Um, look, I, the Lewis the Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen show certainly does roll on. But what I want to see from these two guys is racing side by side without without smashing into each other. That would be really great. I think that would be pretty cool if we could get to that utopia. Yeah, I mean, I, well, while we're still here though, the halo, the thong, the thong. The thong did probably save Hamilton from being a... Oh, for sure. Yeah, for 100%. sure. That airbox just got destroyed. And I, I reckon Hamilton's <laughs> going to buy himself a lotto ticket today. Like, I mean, that's... Well, he's getting ready to quit anyway. Um, the, the young guy's uh, coming George, into... George t- George is coming to the team. Yeah. So Valtteri has departed. 
Yeah. He'll be yes. off next year, and George is taking his seat. What and do we think of Valtteri's drive from the rear? I thought it was brilliant. Mm. Yeah. I'd like to see... Not that I watched it. That <laughs> move on Perez wasn't executed very well. I mean, and there was there was a name in the race that was mentioned, I think, twice, Vettel. Just, mm. I don't know, straight up, went for a lap around the block a few times and... Anyway, so <laughs> he did start at the rear of the grid. Yeah. You know, you got to give him... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him some credit. I don't know. I've, I've Made been, it to the podium. I've been bashing on Valtteri for a long time now. <laughs> ah. Anyway. I think now that he, he knows his future... He's probably just going to take a chill pill. and Well, he's going to go after Lewis now. Have a bit of fun. Yeah, he's yeah. going to go after Lewis. There's no doubt about it. Hey, I want to play this. Check this out. This was Daniel Ricciardo's speech right at the end. Yeah, I'll, I'll give the crowd what they want. I pensavo c'era una una Ferrari sulla podio oggi, ma... Okay, comunque spero un nome italiano abbastanza bene. Grazie mille. So for those, it's a bit rough. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a little bit rough, but give, give the kid a bit of credit. I think he comes from Calabrese and Sicilian background, and you know, growing up at home, as most, as you would know, we never spoke Italian at home. We spoke dialect, so he probably had he was surrounded by dialect. But basically, what he was saying to the fans was. Would have been nice to have a Ferrari on the podium. I'm really sorry about that. But it's. I hope you take some pleasure out of the fact that there is someone with an Italian name that won here today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Or words to that effect. I mean, it was not exactly, but yeah, yeah that's what that's what he was trying to say. I think it was a you know a fitting you know Monza. Anyway, George Russell. Let's talk about George Russell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Well, you know, the thing is that like this this came up in discussion today, and and um, there was some talk a while back that maybe <clears throat> Daniel would move to Mercedes mm. um, if he had a good good run with McLaren. But the person I was discussing with said, you know, he's old, so his next move will be to a wheelchair, you know. <laughs> this is kind of it for Daniel, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. There might be another contract at the end of this year. I so. can't see it. He's not, well... Oh, look, you know, certainly with McLaren, but I can't see, you know, because when you start with a new team, it's mm. you're starting from scratch again, you know what I mean? You've got to yeah. get that card to do what you wanted to do, mm. not what the last guy that sat in the seat did. Mm. So, um, uh, but George Russell's very young. He's extremely <laughs> young and very, very good. And he's already had a crack mm. and it was a, a great outcome. Mm. So, um, you know, he's he's the perfect fit yeah. for Mercedes. You know who another good fit is going to be next year? I'm waiting for Oscar Piastri. He's leading the Formula 2 Championship now by 15 points. There's still three races to go, three is, rounds to is go. Is he sorry. contracted? Not at the moment, no. No, he's an academy driver. Jeez, I'd have to check now. I've forgotten. It slips my mind. I don't think he's actually contracted. And Doohan's son is racing. Yeah, going well as well. Mm. So Oscar Piastri, Jack Doohan. Watch those names. Jack Doohan's probably a couple of years away, but Oscar, I can't help but think, he has to get a seat next year somewhere. Yeah. Surely. He... And he's not contracted? 
No. He's not getting the seat next year, Nick. He has to, Simon. You can't he's win not a championship in F2 and not get there. Mate, these guys are contracted from when they're racing go-karts. Yeah, I know, but he's... He'll end up in some, you know, touring car championship or something. <laughs> Surely common sense will prevail. NASCAR. Win a Formula Sponsored 2 by championship. IndyCar. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Scotty a bit later. <laughs> You know what, on that note, we'll probably take a break here and we'll be back with MotoGP right after the break. All right, I'm Nick DiCembro with the Talking Power podcast. I'm here with co-host Simon Gonzo-Travellini over there and Todd Brinkworth right over there. We've spaced ourselves out in the studio now. We find that the, the microphones close to each other don't... When they're close, they don't echo. They echo it's because so. you've got crap acoustics here, Nick. This is terrible <laughs> acoustics in here, but... This is an echo chamber. Echo, echo. <laughs> we don't have the pro studio yet. We're doing pretty well. We've got a studio. We don't have the pro studio just yet. We're getting there. You know, It's not that hard. It's just a bit of... You know, dampening material. Well, yeah. Egg cartons. Yeah, that'll do. Or anyway. Do, we'll do it in the back of a van with shag pile carpet on the wall. Done. <laughs> F-truck. Yeah. I've always had this dream of doing an F-truck. Now, one of those, like little podcast one of those big Mercedes ones and all pimped out in the back. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, aren't I? There's a mob I know Wayne Gary that builds them. Anyway, what sort go. of F-truck? Like an old F-truck. Like, like an ambulance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Phil from High Octane Photos, who I believe still had one up to recently. The old oh, has he? Has yeah, he got it anymore? I'm not sure, Phil. I think he does listen. Sorry, Phil. I haven't spoken to you in a while. He may have got rid of it. I think. He moved house mm. and had to uh, offload some of his fleet. Maybe else would work. Should uh, investigate that. Yeah. Anyway, MotoGP. <laughs> the guys were back at the Aragon circuit, and as we know, that is a very fast circuit. Mm. Uh, it, it falls into the hands of the Ducati team drivers and also the Honda drivers. They... Have the most horsepower at the moment. Yep. Have had for uh, quite some time. The Bologna Bullets, as they call them. Mm. So it was no surprise to see Francesco Bagnaia. You've been practising that, haven't you? No. <laughs> okay. It just Roll rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Unlike Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was no surprise to see Francesco Bagnaia on pole. Um, what was a bit of a surprise was... How quickly Mark Marquez has gotten back into form. Mm. Um, got a great start and yeah. found himself chasing Banyaya very patiently, like he, we've seen him do so many times before, his big crash. Mm. Just sat behind him, waiting to pounce. And in those last two laps, pounce did he pounce. <laughs> there were seven lead changes yeah. in the last two laps. And every question that Marquez asked of Banyaya... Banyaya gave a resounding answer. <laughs> and it was clean. Let me just add it. It was, it, it, there was a couple of times I, where you could see there was a bit of um, uh, reactive braking. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... Like, but yeah, there, there was no... Uh, it definitely wasn't like watching the Formula One. <laughs> yeah, and the elbows and helmets and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> um, and Banyaya managed to hold on to the lead and, and take the win, which is his first, lead, uh, first yeah. win, I believe. Yeah, yep. Um, so fantastic for him, fantastic for Ducati. Um, I, I thought that Jack Miller was going to uh, get up, but, um, you know, he, he just 
Overcooked it, didn't he? He yeah. ran wide and just never. He just stayed where he stayed after that. Didn't yeah. really do much, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, great result, great result. Um, so one of the things that I had here, um, Vinales, that this is you brought this up at the last podcast. It'll be really interesting. He will be. Don't know if he's the first driver, but he will. He could potentially be one of the first drivers that gets points on two different manufacturers. Yes, yes, that's right. And they've listed it like that. Mm. So it looks funny when you look at the results because um, <laughs> uh, it's Yamaha Aprilia, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't have the greatest of races. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Didn't start at a very good group position. I think he qualified 12th. Mm. Admittedly, not as bad as Rossi. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, you know, it's it's... It's crazy looking that far down the list to see his name. Mm. Um, Can we talk crowd numbers? It was 13,000 on race day. I Obviously, COVID affected. But quite substantially, this race in 2019, I think, had 160,000 over the three days. Yeah. So... I don't know. Was there crowd limits? I would suggest there would have had to have been for Or maybe, 000. maybe it's... The same thing that's going on with the um, the uh, uh, grand final over here, where there's sixty thousand capacity, but they're only selling ten thousand tickets. <laughs> I guess they're that's giving a, away the other fifty thousand. That's, okay. that's a that's a that's a shot over the bow for the AFL. <laughs> yeah, no, interesting. The crowd numbers back to MotoGP. I thought, and even the Formula One, I didn't get the crowd numbers there, but they were that that was a. Again, obviously COVID affected or COVID restricted the crowds. Normally at Monza, they're all on the track and, the, you know, the podium sort of comes out over the track. Yeah. And there's thousands of people below. But, yeah, there was no one at all crackers on the track. So, you know, obviously all COVID affected, but it's but sad. It, is it that or is it travel restrictions? They're probably that too as well, yeah. You know, um, yeah, because, I mean, you can't. Even if you wanted to go, you probably can't yeah, get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be different with the passports, Nick. Oh, will it? <laughs> Yet to be seen. <laughs> Bless you, Todd. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Hey, fever season. It's great fun. Anyway, MotoGP rolls on. It was a very exciting race. Seven lead changes in the last two laps. That's that was amazing. Eighth and winner of yeah. 2021. Eighth winner. Yep. How many different winners have you had in Formula One, Nick? One, two. Five, isn't it, or four? I think, yeah, it could have been. I can't remember. Wow, that many. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, I, you know what? I was disappointed by the mm. MotoGP. What's that? It's the first time that I haven't seen Repsol sliding off the track. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys catch? Did you watch the Fox feed or the? I know the feeds are the same, but no, I can't afford Fox, Nick. It's... Did you catch the Fox? Yeah, of course I watched the Fox feed. Yeah, so yeah. did so you? Well, you're the producer, and I'm. <laughs> Just a guest. <laughs> well, I don't actually. I get it from Todd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you find it interesting that the Fox... So, obviously, Fox in Australia, obviously... Um, so, the commentary, that they take the, the our track commentary, but prior to the race, they do you know special comments from... I can't remember their names. I think Kevin McGee is one of them. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, see, I never watched the actual full... I know we tune in about one minute before race time oh, and then okay. watch. They were doing that from Teams or Zoom, Fox. I oh, think, so yeah, I don't. So, 
obviously, do you think they're getting good bang for their dollar, Fox, with MotoGP, given the fact that you can watch it FTA on 10? I don't know. I'd get no. Short answer, yeah, no. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that only watch Fox. Yeah, 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 and like I do as well because of the because there's no commercial breaks in yeah. it. But no, point- no, no. I'm I'm saying that I know people. I don't particularly like them, but <laughs> <laughs> when you say, "Oh, did you catch this and that?" they go, "I only watch Foxtel. I only watch Foxtel." Mm. But good my- on you. <laughs> my question is: Is do you think it's the loss leader MotoGP for Fox, given the fact that they had their experts? Um, beforehand, doing it from Zoom and Skype and whatever it may be, remotely, not in the studio. They normally come into a studio. Lockdown, Nick. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. But they can, from my understanding, they can get exemptions, even in Sydney. They can get exemptions. Unless they're I don't know, mate. There's there's Eddie Maguire that might argue that. No, no, if they're in that state, because you look at other TV shows, they're still coming into the studio. Uh, oh, it's just a question. It's not a, it's not a criticism. I didn't see it or hear Dar- it. Daryl Beatty so. has hasn't been on quite a few of the. It, it's not a criticism. It's just a. It's just something that I've noticed. That's all, and just a question that I yeah. thought I would throw mm. out there and ask. Well, just from an outsider looking in, it looks like they've sort of cut back with their spend. I would say on on MotoGP. And I would suggest it's because it's a bit of a loss leader for them in the Fox. Yeah. Depends how they got the the deal. You know, like, did they, they sub it off Channel 10? Yeah, I don't you know. You like, know, what, what's the deal with Channel 7 and Fox with the AFL? Yeah, that's but that's an agreement they go 50-50 in or they split it up. That's two TV right agreements that the AFL signed with two different carriers. But I don't know if that's the case with... With MotoGP. Yeah, they might have got it for 50 cents, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it just, I found it interesting. I know we're in lockdowns, but, you know, other TV shows are able to be produced, you know. It's not a criticism. It certainly wasn't meant to be one. I'm just asking the question. Anyway. (laughs) On that note, we should probably take a break. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back with more right after this. All right, Shannon's spring auction results. Now, this was... Have you seen some of the... I'll ask you guys, because, I mean, there's some cars here that kind of, kind of caught my eye with their pricing. The, the Phase 2 there was the one that really stood out to me. What do you think of that? $373,500. Hmm. Mm, the one that, that got me was the... The XBGT going short of a hundred ninety-seven thousand. That is a good buy. Yeah, but then the sixty-eight HK GDS three twenty-seven three hundred one thousand. That's mm. kind of you know the pre-COVID money plus fifty grand sort of thing. They were yeah. on two fifty to to two seventy sort of you know in that um, uh, the the HK Kingswood for fifty grand. I mean that's COVID prices there. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's COVID apocalypse pricing. Um, yeah, that that's you know the LX Tirana hatch project. That wasn't too bad, you know. That was a even though it was a project car, it was it looked like it was all there. Yeah, I know, but you know, without being there, 
<laughs> you know, I, I thought that was not bad. Actually, that was a good buy for 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 the car. I saw the car. What, it was it was it was all there. What did you reckon about the Evo? I I I reckon that's a bargain. <laughs> no, it's I again. I'm gonna I'm gonna cop flack for saying this, but I do every time I say something like this. It's stupid money for those cars. <laughs> it's I mean I own an Evo five, and yes, I'd love to earn. Well, well, five's not. There's no six and a half, but. Yeah, I'd love to go make 55 grand out of my Evo 5. But it's not worth it. Well, I'm sorry to all the collectors and all that. Or, or are we just in hyperinflation? You know, th- look, the Phase 2, I mean, it's an interesting one. You know that I've always said that I think the Phase 2 is a better car. Mm. The Shaker looks better on the Phase 3, but aside from that, I think the Phase 2 is, is an overall better mm. package. Um, but would I pay 373000 for one? No, it's a 1971 or 1969 or 70 Falcon. Mm. I mean, seriously, have you driven one? No. <laughs> My bicycle ride's better. Actually, <laughs> no. well, funnily enough, the Tommy Mackinac for 90 grand. Like, I, again, I love my Evo 5. But, see, I would, there's a lot more I'd buy for 90 grand. I yeah, but are they more. still 90 grand, the cars that, that you would buy for 90 grand? Or are they 270 grand? Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, actually, well, there, there look, a, the last few Shannon's auctions, the prices—I don't know. Um, the Group A, the VN Group A, I would have thought they would have gone for more. Mm. Um, the Ferrari, the the Daytona Daytona Coupe, you know that to me that's a half a million dollar car. I think mm. it went for four forty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think. Um, a lot of it's got to do with who's got the money at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, whoever got that phase two, you got a bargain. Bargain. Same with the uh, the XB. The XB, definitely. I know it's four door. Uh, it's a sedan, but, geez, $97,000. Yeah, the thing with 74 is, right, the month is important mm. because there's pre ADR 27 and post 27. So the pre 27, this is like, waffling but anyway pre-27 should still have the 4v heads on it oh okay yep all right the post 27 has got the 2v mm-hmm. heads on it that is a pretty big difference when you're talking about you know gts yeah i think anyway yeah. it's just my opinion yeah anyway speaking of forwards i was about to say before we skip on to that i actually had to reinsure a lot of my cars the other day and that was a bit of an eye-opening re- like the Evo is now insured for a... It starts with a 4, which is not bad. Um, the 180... I thought you'd get that sort of money for it anyway. Not quite. I actually was a bit surprised when they said, yeah, 4 something, and I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty good. Um, the 180 is now insured for almost 20 grand, which... <sighs> that's crazy. Um, that's crazy. My Datsun 1600 shell... Yeah. That's laid up yeah. is insured for almost ten because they realised that even if the shell was yeah that's that's, missing, that, that's realistic and I was I like I think you'd get ten for it yeah as a shell and I'm mm. like and then what else um because oh, where are you going to get one where are you going to that's a sixteen hundred from mm. yeah um I mean they were hard to get when they were new <laughs> <laughs> you know I've written off two in my lifetime <laughs> Jesus <laughs> um and uh, the funny thing was I um I don't want to name names but. 
the young girl on the phone helped me do all the Shannons. Like, a shout out to Shannons. Like, they are brilliant. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. And the people that work for them know their stuff. Like, 100%. I, I had a girl on the phone. She was working from home in lockdown. Great conversation. She had all the facts and figures. And basically, at the end of all, she's like, if you ever want to sell your 180, let me know. And, like, that's an enthusiast. Like, that's the person talk, selling you, well, giving you the insurance knows the intricate ins and outs of what they're worth and also is basically like, hey, like, if you want to sell it, let me know one day. And I found that quite amusing and also just it makes you realise you have something half decent when the person you're speaking to on the phone's like, yeah, just keep me in mind if it ever happens. And, yeah, 45-minute conversation, but everything's reinsured and I was quite happy with everything in the end. So Maybe you can take her out for a date. Lives in Sydney. She's in Sydney, Nick. Yeah, but you couldn't see where that was. All four day. All four day. Cannot wait. I spoke with uh, CEO of Warrior Racing, Kevin Otway, uh, just the other day, and uh, really looking forward to catching up with them as well. We're going to be right next door to the Warrior Racing stand. So, for those of you that don't know, Warrior Racing raises funds for veterans, uh, funding to uh, beneficiary vet- veteran organisations, improve community understanding of veterans' hardships, encourage community and veteran participation. Uh, house homeless veterans uh, provide counselling for homeless veterans and assist veterans with volunteer work so I cannot wait to catch up with these guys I had a really good discussion with Kevin Otway now do you guys remember that name Kevin yes. Otway yes yes it yeah. rings a bell to me too Cat Racing very good yeah very good so yep yeah, he's looking forward to catching up with us as well so they used to be around the corner from where I worked and I would often see John Bow thrashing the hell out of cars around Belmont. <laughs> Up and down Wheeler Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, a, I think it was an AU. I don't, don't, I don't know what it had in it, but it sure as heck sounded like it had a touring car engine. <laughs> well, that would have been their, was that their, their car? Cause like a road car. Oh, was it a road yeah, car? Yeah, and I think yeah. it had JB something on the plates. <laughs> there was, day. back in the day, a couple of touring car shells that got built. And we're like B car, so to speak, but never used. And someone ended up putting a driveline and motor in one of those at one point, and they were thrashing around Carlisle and Belmont. They, they, this just looked like a like an XR8. Yeah, right. You know. Okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if, like more than once, more than once, I saw John Bow. Um, you know, and I thought, well, I wonder what's in there. I, I mean, you know, look. Admittedly, I probably would have blown it off with. Any of my cars, but, <laughs> you know, John Bow, you know, he's, he's a bit of a hero of mine, so. He's a legend. Yeah. Anyway, on the 12th of November, I said I'd do a bit of a shout-out. Still out racing, here. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah Races yeah, in yeah. the touring car, Masters. Yep, yep. he's, he's uh, battling prostate cancer, John Bow, but yes. uh, he's going well. He's going well. Uh, anyway, I'd said I'd shout-out to Kevin. Uh, they are having two functions on the 12th of November. They are holding the Walk with a Veteran, uh, and that's actually a walk. Um, around the Swan River, on the banks of the Swan River, and that starts and finishes at on the point at 306 Riverside Drive, East Perth. Uh, there's also a gala dinner that night, a walk with a veteran as well. 
it's the same evening at the on the point as well. Where so, do people find out about this, Nick? So go to warriorracing.com.au. All the information's there. You can buy your tickets from warriorracing.com.au. So, or head to the Talking Power Facebook page. I'll put a link up there as well, so you can have a look at that there. It's a, some great work, and we're looking forward to catching up with Kevin and uh, some of the dignitaries from uh, Warrior Racing on All Four Day. Speaking of All Four Day, get down there. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. We're going to be broadcasting from there. Uh, and uh, The I'm, date, Nick, the date? The date is the 3rd of October, 2021. Still and where's blue, it being held? <laughs> still Blue Oval, 9.30 a.m., so head down there and uh, like to see you all there. Come over and say hello, grab a sticker and um, have a chat with us. Yeah. We'd love to say hello. And um, we're going to have some cars there as well. So, so Toddles. Yes. The, the release of the new WRX. <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> well, that's right. We're going to do a podcast for entertainment, don't we? Um, it looks hideous. So, super rude. Sleep at your own wheel. Like, did you just get some kids with crayons to draw it and put it out in the field or what? Like, it is ugly. Yeah, I... I, I I'd rather did buy... They use, <laughs> did they use the yeah. same guy that designs the Tesla? Is like, oh, you, you'd have to sneak up on it to get into it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or chew your own arm off after you've been driving or something. Like, you know, like... Been, anyway, I haven't seen it. Is it that ugly? Oh, can we bring right, it up on the... Can we bring it up on the screen? <laughs> Well, I, well, I would... Re- so like, are we I'm, talking bug-eye ugly? Are we talking no, no, AU no, ugly? it's the body shape. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> don't knock don't the AU falcon. <laughs> a step above a Jaguar there. Come on. Edsel. Like, you know. The Edsel, the modern Edsel. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> you know what I call it, the AU? Because people go, oh, ooh, when it goes past. Ooh. <laughs> no, no, no. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this, this back end here—that's not doing it. Right. Yeah, that, but, isn't that? That's what the model before it looked like. The front. No, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, the front. No, I remember not, those ugly hips. Look, look at that! Come on. Blah. Oh, you Do know. Do me a favour, Nick. See if you can find the new Liberty, the 2022 Liberty. Because I'm not sure if we're getting or not yet. So what you're saying is the new Impreza is not that impressive. No. <laughs> Uh, unimpressor. <laughs> unimpressor? <laughs> I'm very Man, unimpressor. All the diehard Subaru fans are going to hunt me down now and be like, what are you doing? Betraying your faith. That looks the same as... It looks pretty ugly too. <laughs> the one I saw earlier had different tail lights. You know, I I, look, it. while we're on the subject of Subaru, right? my wife's got a Subaru. Yeah. Okay? And for the <laughs> most part, I think it's a great car. Well, I think it's a really, really good car. Yeah. Mm. All right? It's got more than enough power yep. for, for you know what we do. Um, although we haven't taken it off-road, we've, we've been in some really boggy car parks, yep. and it's just moseyed on through like nothing. Great size. So when we were looking, that you know, you, you, when you... You wouldn't know this, but Nick knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> when you have a newborn, it has to be a rear-facing... Um, it's not really a seat. It's a capsule. capsule. Yeah. Yep. Right. So when you put a rear-facing capsule into a car, you suddenly find yourself face-planting the dashboard in the seat in front because there's just no room, you yes. know? So when we went car shopping, 
we had a second one on our way, child that is, um, we measured from the back seat to the back of the front seat and then from the uh, front of the front seat to the dashboard to work out, you know. Yeah. And the Commodore wagon, not, not the Opal wagon, the actual VF Commodore wagon, at the time was the biggest, yep. but uh, everything that we looked at um, in a V8 had been thrashed. Mm. So we didn't go down that road. So we decided to buy, you know, a new car and, you know, some new car warranty, et cetera, et cetera. just makes life easier. You get it serviced there. It's all good. Um, and, yeah, that was the biggest car. The Mondeo's big, believe it or not. It doesn't look big, but because of the shape of the dash, because mm. the dash is, like, right up against the windscreen in, yeah. in the passenger side, you have that space there. Anyway, so for the most part, I think it's a great car, right? Yeah. But it's got some really annoying features on it. Okay, so the first thing is, when you get in the car, right? Yeah. You can't adjust the volume after you start the engine. Right? It, it, it comes up with this display that's a disclaimer of, you shouldn't be playing with this display while you're driving, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 another one. Let, press OK to continue. Well, you can press OK as many times as you want. Ten that's seconds. on a timer. Yeah, 10 seconds. <laughs> it's on a timer. Why have the button there? Why, why not, you know, just say, don't bother trying to press this, <laughs> right? So while that's running, you can't adjust the volume. Yeah. So if the last person, <laughs> yeah. which is me, <laughs> turned the volume up because there was a great song on, yeah. on, a, on 88.5, of course, Yeah. you get in there and you're deafened and it scares the hell out of the kids. <laughs> the next thing is... You can't do anything with that display when you're in reverse. Yes. Yeah, but all cars are like that. That's not a Subaru thing. That thing out there. No, is like but that you as can well. turn the volume down on most cars. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, but that's that's all you want, you know. So, don't you have a volume control from the steering wheel? Doesn't it's just frozen. It's locked. The thing's frozen. Yeah, man. Till it does its thing, and it's um, it's it's like my 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 wife loves it. Right, and yeah. and if I rag the car out, when she hears this, right, she's going to lose it at me. Very Hopefully, true. she's going to be away, yeah. <laughs> away from me. <laughs> but we can kiss goodbye, Subaru sponsorship. Yeah, about to say, I, I just got rid of my Subaru, and I'm heartbroken. But go on. No, I just think that the little things like that is is what you know, because there's some really great things about that car. Mm. Um, the way the stuff is stowed. Uh, under the panel in the back, the spare tire and the jack and everything's yeah. really cool. There's there's other stow spots in the back that are really cool, um, you know. But it, little things like that, it's really that's just some coding that needs to be sorted out. Yeah, you know, I I don't understand why they don't. I mean, did I give these cars to to people and go tell got, me what you what you don't like about this? Has yours got the adaptive cruise radar? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Don't you find that? Annoying. Oh, look. Sorry. Um, there sorry, is, sorry, Subaru. There is a spot. Um, th- there's a few things with that, that setup that's annoying. Yeah. So the adaptive's pretty cool. Um, you know, the lane change thing, that is a bit of a worry because it's, it's not suggesting you need to move right to be, you know, in the middle of your lane. It basically rips the steering yeah. wheel out of you. Is it that? Is it that aggressive? Yeah, it's that aggressive. Everyone's really bad. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, 
But, you know, it's cool that it's got that. I mean, when you think about, you know, what that car cost us and all the features that yeah. it's got, because we got the base model, that's all we could afford, you know. It's, it is it is cool that it's got that function. There is one thing that, that is really, I would go as far as to say scary, right? And that is the uh, collision avoidance system. <laughs> yeah. Right? So there is, I, when I drop my wife off, um, you know, to, to the airport, there's this 90-degree bend. Which terminal? This is the skipper's terminal. Oh, I skipper's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. And that, mate, that thing just loses it. <laughs> loses it. It's like, you know, it's the end of the world. Like, yes. this is all over. Um, and we've had an instance, uh, my wife was driving, and we went through a, um, a breathalyzer, and the police officer stepped out with the, um, the breathalyzer unit, and the car freaked out and yes. locked the wheels up, actually locked the wheels up. And the police officer started having a go at my wife. <laughs> and she said, that's the uh, collision avoidance system um, activating so that we didn't run you over because you yeah. stepped out in front of the car. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a few things. But uh, look, overall, it's just the radio. The radio, because, yeah, like the last person that drove it, whatever the volume is, you have to wait for the thing to cycle before you can turn it down. So if they've left it on, you know, 11. All the way to 11. <laughs> All the way. <laughs> You've got to live with it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as far as the styling goes, that new WRX, I mean, that's, you know, where we're headed, you know. Like, you go back, um, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago and you had Bertone and... Um, you know, uh, Pinaferine, uh, you know, these great studios. Wow. It's a different style of, of uh, styling. Yeah. There's uh, all sharp edges, um, you know. Let's just say I won't be killing up to buy one. But what is it? What is it that's not right? Something's not right. Look, Let's look at that right now. Oh, look, I don't mind it. I actually don't mind it's it. It's just unproportioned, the rear yeah, end. The rim, unpropor- and the rim's the not right size or no, something? What is it? It looks it's- unfinished at the rear. Yeah, but in this guard, like the guards need yeah. to come up a little bit higher here or something. I don't know. You know what it's going to you know it, it, do? It's just, look, that's just the way it is now. That's the styling. It'll drive up resale values of the model beforehand. Yeah, but that, that always happens. Remember when the bug guy came out? Yeah. Right? And now the bug guy is the one everyone wants. Oh, not quite. They still get a bit of... The bug guy is the one that everyone wants. Yeah. That's just, it's the way it is. Shout out to a friend of mine that has a Rex, an STI version, and some other super rare version on the bug eye. There was a, a poll on Facebook many years ago that uh, was, which is the ugliest car ever made? And the two options were the AU and the bug eye. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and now they're sought after. Now oh, they're a yeah. collector's item. How the world has changed. But, but yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, I mean, you look at that car and you see anime. Yeah. yeah oh, I don't know. You, you look, at, look at a 250 GT Ferrari and you see yeah. a beautiful woman. Look at a Miura. You see a beautiful, curvy, but be- yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that's come out recently, um, the new you Nissan... You see Pokemon there. Yeah. <laughs> the new Nissan 400Z. No? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, no. I, oh. You guys are under a rock. The new Nissan 400Z got it released in America about... No, uh, we just don't have any time. (laughs) 
I am. Um, oh, I mean, I was at work. I must admit, it's one of the few. If things. they released it in America, that already tells you that it's going to be ugly. <laughs> no, nah, I like it. Oh, they've gone uh, back to the old two forty style. Rumor has it it'll be about ninety thousand dollars on road in Australia. Same same price tag and pro- price range as the Can you Supra. See it? Can you see the two forty in there? Yeah, I can actually. Yeah, a lot of that's pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of input oh, from the Z Z Car Club in America. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, actual, yeah. Actual input with yeah, that, Japanese that, designers. Look at that. that yeah. there, you could there, call that, that a two forty right there. You could call that a retro, couldn't you? Mm. Twin turbo. Twin turbo. Uh, I'm not going to forget now. Two wheel drive. Yep, rear wheel drive. Mm. Um, I can't remember if it's actually a four hundred, hence the four, well, four liter, four liter, hence the four hundred, or if it's a three point eight. Sure, twin turbo. Yep. Really. There's going to be other options. There's going to be some weird NA one, I think, and stuff like that. But, yeah, that I can't wait for. And um, apparently... What do you think, boys? We've all looked at it now. Better than the Supra? Yes. Sorry, I had this conversation the other night. I I pre-planned this conversation. Much, much better than... See, the Supra and and the Subaru, you know, they've got the same styling cues with those... Quarter panels. Don't you mean the BMW Z4? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, Z, the Z4 with the Toyota badges on it. Yeah. It's a hilarious thing there in America. <laughs> Again, a guy took one to a dealership in America to get some work done on your Supra. He got it back and it had the BMW Infotainment screen laid up on it. <laughs> and they went, oh, the software's better. Listen, listen, right? <laughs> yeah. So... I bet you you can turn the volume down on that one. Yeah, you probably can. <laughs> when you put it in reverse. <laughs> I like this final line on this, this review here, carsales.com.au. The 2022 Nissan 400Z will also outpower the Supra's 280-kilowatt 3-litre BMW-sourced inline six-cylinder engine. Do you reckon they'll land a few boots in there? Oh, definitely. Carsales.com. Interesting. I, I'll tell you what, they do, they do look a lot better. Um, in real life, the Supra. Mm. They do. I, I look, I had a, a Toyota dealer bring one round to the workshop a few weeks ago, and I was actually, um, I was surprised. The it more did. I look at this, but this is really starting to 240 on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the bottom line. I can't afford one, but I want one. It's really very 240-ish as well. If you sold all your cars, you could afford one. I know. <laughs> it didn't, it did, did it actually say... What it's going to land in Australia? Yeah, well, I'm rumours I've heard of ninety. Um, apparently, there's already pre allocation. So thirty-one US. So double it and double it again. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you generally double it, but then there's the um, Australia tax. Yeah. That the dealers have. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've heard ninety grand for the Primo model. Is what I've heard. So. 40, so is there any right-hand drive ones being sold anywhere in the world at the moment? Not yet. Because theoretically, theoretically... We get out next year, apparently. You could buy one from somewhere (laughs) that was right-hand drive, bring it in, and because under the Australian law, because you're the first to import it, you would uh, have exclusivity on it, (laughs) like Fabcar did with the GDR. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Well, they did do it. They were the first. That's your friend, isn't it? Frank, yeah, yeah, yeah. On that note, we'll take a short break here and we'll be back with more on the Talking Power podcast on 88.5 FM where the valley comes alive right after this. Okay, welcome back to the Talking Power podcast. In case you haven't heard, it's episode 120. 
not a bad rocketing along. It seems like just the other day, episode 100. Yeah. What day was that? <laughs> it was the, what was it? The 6th of December? Thursday. No, the 11th of December? I can't remember what it was. Anyway. Yeah. Episode uh, 100. But, but anyway, that's, uh, welcome aboard. If you're just tuning Did in. Did that on at, Ad- Shan- at the, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's right. We have another event going on there. We'll tell you about it later. Um, 88.5 FM with the family comes alive. I had a brain feed. Uh, Red Center Nats. Red Center Nats. <laughs> yes. we, we were, uh, another great event brought to us by Mr. Andy Lopez. Mr. Yes. Andy Lopez knocked it out of the park here. And Red Center Nats really does um, showcase the beauty of Australia at Alice Springs. And I think they do an absolutely magnificent job there. Um, what they do to bring this town alive. My favourite part of this event, this particular one, was uh, Billy uh, Shelton's VL Commodore that that won Grand Champion. You know that went 860? It looks pretty pretty killer. I've got a photo of it here. Uh... Yeah, it went 860 in the uh, off the street... um, drag racing i mean how cool is it oh yes please to, to um uh have a car that can take out grand champion and run that quick as well yeah that is that is uh, and that's to me that's the old old school days of sorry cut your summer of summer nats i remember when i was younger summer nats used to be not not show cars like, i mean like, there's been some great show cars at summer nats but it was the guys that had the good drag cars that polished them up Went and did driving events, mucked around, and they, to me, were the summer Nats champs because the car gets used. Mm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, but, um... I think he's got the appropriate licence plates there. Sickest. Sickest. Yeah. <laughs> How did, uh, I know, uh, Boris went as well, was working there, and he enjoyed the event? Yeah, yeah, he said it was a great event. Mm. Um, had a great time there. Uh, there was... Uh, uh, quite a, uh, a large WA congen- a contingent... Yeah. A contingency, including a uh, winner of uh, Drag Racing Pro, which was Connor Begley. Well done, Anthony Begley, uh, who's, yes. who's been a guest on the show before. Car went eight ninety. Uh, brand new build. Uh, street built were heavily involved in it. Mm. Um, eight ninety. First time they ran it. And Blackie as well. Blackie. Did Blackie. Some yes. Yes. To it as well. Blackie. Yep. Uh, I think Blackie did the rear end. Yep. And I believe that um, uh, Jeff's daughter was there setting up the rear end. Yeah. Uh, but uh, mate, that's pretty cool to you know tow all the way over there and run an eight ninety. Um, you know, great uh, great outcome. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations to Connor as well, and they do you know the Begley family um, did an absolutely magnificent job in getting over there. I'm just trying to find a picture. They have a, quite a fitting picture of him somewhere, Connie. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's it's there somewhere. But yeah, congratulations to everyone that attended and it's great to see Northern Territory Northern Territory are really getting behind some great motorsport. Mm, yes, they are. Nigel War as well, he's another West Aussie as well, went over there. I've got some great photos of that car from Motivation as well. The Beautiful um, car, yeah, beautiful car. Yeah, magic, magic. So yeah, he made the trek over too. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see the Northern Territory uh, government getting behind a number of car events and it's, um, I think it's fitting that, you know, we can get together in the middle of Australia and do the Red Centre Nats. Mm. I think it's a, a magnificent event. Just a change of pace here. I thought it came across uh, the other day, 
Aaron, you guys heard of Aaron Noonan, young guy? Of course. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He's he's he is like the media sensation as far as motorsports. He he basically he uh, owns motorsports in Western, in sorry in Australia. He does. Um, Aaron Noonan done a magnificent job for years. He's still a young, reasonably young guy. Uh, he's bringing back a masthead, which is always good news. I like to hear that uh, magazine or a newspaper style magazines coming back. So Australian Motorsport News, he's purchased that masthead, and that hasn't been in circulation since two thousand and thirteen. So wow, it's, it's, that's um, it's a long time. Isn't yeah, I used it? to buy it for the ads. Mm. They used to have a really great classified section where. Um, you know, you would see. I mean, these days, you know, you, you got my one hundred and five, and yeah, that, that's a bad place. My one hundred and five, bad, place, bad, a bad place. good place or a good bad place. But you jump it on is, there, it's addictive, isn't it? My you start thinking, oh, if I sold this, I could get that. Or so people actually go on there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Oh yeah. Trust well, me. There's. I just go for a look. I, I really enjoy having now, stuff, a look there. Stuff gets sold off there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Not drag cars. <laughs> well, look, okay. yeah, but there's some really good stuff there. Because yeah. I think the same drag cars that are for sale there have been for sale for probably how long's my 105 been around? Oh, oh it was one of the first, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I think they actually started in the back of a magazine and then turned into an online service. Maybe, much. maybe. Yeah. But look, this is great news to see Aaron Noonan bring back a masthead. I think, you know, where when you think about it, it's tough. Print media is tough. With the yeah. stuff that Luke Newhoff's doing, it's not easy. And um, to to bring a magazine back, it's not easy. It's- I think that, that um, it's not, you know, like we've lost a lot of these titles, but I think it's just because we're seeing, you know, the car vilified. So you lose the car magazines because... You know, you don't want to be the villain buying the vilified product. You know what I mean? Um, performance streetcar was my oh. favourite, all-time favourite. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was never really... Uh, I would buy the odd street machine, but I was into performance cars, and street machine was, back in those days, more of a show car. Almost certainly, yeah. Type thing, you know, uh, as opposed to performance streetcar that was, you know, high-performance street cars mm, yeah. Um, so yeah i think it's great but yeah it is it is a bit of a battle um the thing is though and this is the difference between us in western australia and the eastern staters because of the mines if you do advertise in one of these magazines you get a lot of traction because the guy buys it and he throws it in the crib room and yep. then everyone that goes in that crib room reads that magazine and if your ad's in it you're going to get mileage out of it. And that's the thing that I've always had uh, against the online stuff because the online stuff needs to shuffle you, funnel you through to the ad or ruin something that you're really getting into by having an ad pop up that, you know, is just like, I don't want to watch this. I want to watch what I was watching. Um, Whereas the, the print media, it's there. You know what I mean? It's there. And that, that book will be there forever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's great. I think more more of these old publications because our kids are going to miss out on that. You know? Yeah. Do you remember uh, as a kid going to the newsstands and <laughs> shuffling through all the magazines and not ever actually buying? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I mean, the newsstands were huge back in the day. Like it was yeah. massive. Speaking of newsstands, I hate to change topics, but I've I actually haven't made a note of it. But we need to shout out to Luke Newhoff. 
uh, editor and and owner of Sick, the Sick magazine. Yeah, which new- which follows the um, drag uh, week. Yeah, uh, and the Rocky Mountains cars and and uh, does features on them. It's a fantastic publication. I actually was lucky enough to see some stuff through Boris mm. before it um, uh, got officially. Yeah, you know, launched. So anyway, <laughs> shout out to Luke. He's he might be listening. He might not. I know as as we speak right now, he's kicking off on Drag Week because Drag Week starts yes. today. They've just yeah. had a big bump of a couple of weeks. They had uh, LS Fest. Yep. And then your yeah, Drag Week, and then there's something else straight after it, isn't there? I forget. Mo- wasn't it? Not, how do they say it? Not Mopar. What's the? It's the Mopar version of LS um, LS Fest. But how do they say it? They say it. it's a play on words. Oh, I mean, if you were going to do the Mopar version of LS, you'd call it Hemifest. Nah, nah, it's Mopar, but a play on words. I can't remember either, but yeah, okay. there's, yes, it's, that's it's, what I'm thinking of. Well, there's like yeah. three like three big events in a row. Like, so my yeah. listeners won't be impressed that I don't know the name of the Mopar version. But <laughs> yeah, even I feel bad. I should know. My apologies. You know, I, don't, I don't remember It should it be called Hemifest. <laughs> you should change your name to Hemifest because that makes sense. No, how about Above Par? There you go. Above Par? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I got a, I got a lot of Chrysler friends, right? And, and you know, they always drop that one. They say, "Hey, if it's not Mopar, it's below par." Yeah. And I go, "But below par is good. Yeah. <laughs> you're playing golf. You want to be below par." Yeah. <laughs> so what are you saying? Uh, speaking of golf, that's a good segue into our next segment. Actually, Steve, Steve Jackson uh, and Duck versus. No prep kings. What a massive storm in a... Well, it wasn't a storm in a teacup. Anyway, um, Steve Jackson, for those that haven't uh, watched it, did a series of YouTube videos where he basically uh, compared the drag racing that he does, so radial racing and NHRA, to no prep kings. And to do that, he illustrated one, two, three, four sports. So he... You know, this is going to be a touchy subject for me. Anyway, so he he started off with golf, and he said, "This is golf." And he had you know his teeing off, and also showed some shot of the Masters as well. And then he goes, "So that's drag racing." And then he goes, "And this is now." And then he went to a little mini golf putting, and he said, "This is no prep kings." Oh. Anyway, this went on and on, and the baseball was probably my favorite. He goes, "You know, this is proper baseball." And then he had the tee ball, and I had you know had the oh. tee ball and tee ball. He goes, "That's no prep kings." Really big storm, a lot of controversy. He's actually done a second video apologizing. Uh, he actually used a, t- you know, remember, uh, what's his name? Um, Tony Montana. From- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Scarface is it okay? Take it easy, you know. He's, he talks like that. Uh, it's a very apologetic about the whole thing and uh, didn't mean to offend anyone because I think there was a lot of offense taken. I'm, I'm all for you know, NHRA and proper drag racing. Um, but if you were going to do a video like that, you would do that video and it would be the radial thing that you would take the piss <laughs> out of because the reality is there's that much glue down on the track and the prep, the prep is that ridiculous and they deliberately want to run in a particular order to make the best use out of that track. They might as well take the tyres off, put two lengths of chain down and put sprockets on, on the back <laughs> end of the car. Um, I have a lot of respect for the No Prick King guys, and I would love nothing more to be able to go over there and race in that series because I think it's an awesome series. Yeah. 
it, using the word no prep, mm-hmm. I think is dangerous because, you know, just like their street that they race on, it looks pretty damn sticky to me. Mm. You know what I mean? And and I've heard, you know, about the dust and so on and so forth. But I think that anyone can, that can get down our tracks in Australia, and I'm not talking call the park during the 90s um, where, you know, they, they prepped it like a radial track. I'm not talking about Adelaide during the 90s. I'm talking about the tracks that we run on now. Um, Sydney, I, I haven't run on the resurfaced track but the old track you really needed a six inch lift kit and some old man emu shockies to get down there because <laughs> it was that bumpy and that you know and that's a brand new track it's not yeah. like it's a you know uh willow bank was killer till they uh did the concrete barrier work and then there's a big dip in the left hand lane same thing you know maybe probably don't need a six inch lift kit but maybe about a three inch lift kit <laughs> you know you get away with some <laughs> what are the shocks i got on the back of the xy <laughs> They're a four-wheel drive shock. Are they a KYB? Nah, they're a, a Rancho. Oh, yeah, Rancho. Rancho, <laughs> single adjustables. Single Ranchos, know. yeah. Um, and, yeah, look, Quinana, I think that uh, now that Andrew's running Quinana, um, you know, because there was always the, the uh, not the curfew, but the start time issue uh, combined with the, the end time while it was a government-run facility mm. uh, that uh, prevented them from, you know, doing the prep. Uh, but certainly, the tracks that we run on over here, or over the last probably ten years, have been, you know, look about the same as those net, no prep tracks. So I don't think they should call it a no prep. I think they should could, you know, call it a, uh, Aussie prep. That would be a better name, Aussie prep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but the radial, the radial's a joke because. You know, they they brag about how many drums of VHT they bring into the track. Well, you know, I'd rather just see a car with a tyre on it and the track prep be whatever it is. At least the cars are going to go fast. You can still go fast. And those guys at no prep, they go fast. They I do, mean, yeah. you know, I've, I've heard that a lot of those guys are, are deep into the three-second zone on, on a track that hasn't had, hmm. you know... What is what's the latest now? Twenty drums of VHT or oh something like that. I think, I think that, it's even more. So it's a lot of glue. Whatever it is, it's a lot of glue. So yeah, I don't, uh, the radial thing. When the radial guys were in the four sixty four seventy zone, it was cool because you knew that they were running on tracks the same as everyone else, and you know that's about as quick as you're going to go. But when they started getting into the three sixties, three sixty, you know what I mean? You know that that thing stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, so then why not run big tires and go to just like a normal or average track prep mm. with this, you know, the same sort of rules. There are some things that that are interesting about the no prep kings that I don't really know enough about it, so I probably shouldn't comment. But I've heard from people that run in those series in the US that they have some funny rules with you know weight breaks and stuff like that. Some people don't have to carry weight. Other guys do, and you know, I guess they're just trying to even it up. But um, I love watching it. it I, th- well, I think it's awesome. It's funny you should mention that you love watching it. Well, we get to watch it, don't we? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. My criticism yes. of what Stevie well, was trying to say: we can't watch NHRA in Australia. <coughs> How do we watch no. NHRA? We got to be a. We have to be an Andrew member or an NHRA member to watch NHRA. Oh uh, no! Forget that. That's not what I meant. What I meant was, you watch No Pre King, and there's bang 
lap after lap after lap after lap. Yeah, but it's right? packaged up yep. for you to view. Yep. Okay. You watch radial racing and all you see is the tractor going up <laughs> and down yes. and up and down. And then you get like a couple of minutes of racing and then the tractor comes out and it goes up and down. You know, you ran the big number, but does it have any real significance? Like I said, you might as well put a bit of chain down and a couple of sprockets, you yeah. know. <laughs> Velcro, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, and the other thing is too, right, sorry to waffle, but to get that perfect launch on a big slick, you know, where you hit the wheelie bar just right and you unload the tyre just right and you make the right amount of wheel speed so it doesn't shake, the tyre's nice and round, and you get that point where... The front wheel's in the air and the wheelie bar's not touching, right? The perfect launch. That takes a lot, like a ridiculous amount of skill. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like we're forever learning quicker ways to do it. Steve Jackson is definitely, in terms of NHRA Pro Mod, he has taught all of us, you know, that, that there's other ways to get it to work. I mean, how many times has he held the NHRA record? Oh, yeah, many, numerous yeah. times. And, yeah. and it's a blower deal. Mm. You know, like a turbo deal, you've got so much up your sleeve. None of those guys are running, you know, maxed out. You know what I mean? They can keep turning the wick up. Yeah. Whereas the blower deal, the, the, the pulley you have to run on the day is the pulley you have to run. They're forever, they're forever taking overdrive out of the blown mm. cars, you know. They, they can't lighten the nitrous cars anymore. I think they're... they're yeah. They have to start taking the body off or something <laughs> in order to get them any lighter. They have to be altered or something. Yeah. You know, they're allowed to lock up and this and that. And, you know, and, and the turbo guys, I don't know that they've actually put any restrictions in recently. The only guys that have copped, I wouldn't say it was a bit of a sore deal. They went in, they went in, I'm not going to say that they were cheating, <laughs> um, but they, you know, like they didn't, they didn't go in saying, you know, this is our combo, we're turning it to 10.5. They went in there and said, this is our combo, this is as fast as they'll go, turning them to 8.5. Yeah. And then yeah. when they reset the record, the NHRA, mm. <laughs> you know what, we might take a bit of overdrive out of this. That's the pro-charger guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but I, don't, I think they're struggling a bit now. Because now they have to turn them to ten five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that just very very interesting. Uh, a big war that erupted there with Steve Jackson and the No Prep Kings. And anyway, we'll see how that one unfolds. You, you know, I'm a big Steve Jackson fan, but you know, I think the No Prep Kings deal is a, is a killer deal. Mm, I love yep, it. Yeah. We're going to take a short break here, and when we come back, we'll wrap up the show. And uh, Todd's going to give us, he, he did a test drive of his own. So we'll yeah. just touch base there, and uh, we'll be back with more right after this. Talk and Power Podcast, episode 120. I'm here with Todd Brinkworth and Simon Gonzo Travellini, and I'm Nick DeChimber on 88.5 FM and podcasting through all those various podcast stations. Todd, yes, tell us, Lexus ISF, five litre. Who, who was dumb enough to give you the keys? That's not very nice, because they're probably going to listen to this. <laughs> I did, and, um, I, if I owned one, I wouldn't be giving you the keys to it. 
You know what's funny? At a warmer, at a ma- between my my group of mates, we all have sort of nice cars now. They all don't mind me driving their cars because I'm the one that just jumps in and just is like puts around and just sort of drives a car. I don't jump in and beat the snot out of it because it's not my car. You know. Fair enough. And my mates are all appreciate that. They're like, you can give it a bit of throttle, and it's actually fun just to sit in the passenger seat and sort of go, oh, well, he's going to be nice to my toys. And and we had the general rule: we don't let each other, we don't let anyone drive each other's cars unless we know we can afford to replace it. So. <laughs> So how how were you driving the? Well, I've got an Evo. I've got an, I've got an Evo that I can go. Oh shit! I wrecked Lexus off. Here's the keys to the Evo, can't I? I don't know if the the Evos worth quite as much as the. Well, this Lexus was um. As a good mate of mine, um, who used to work for Toyota for many years, so he loves anything Toyota. And sorry to all the people out there, Lexus is the. Prestige Toyota brand. Oh, we're going to get letters for this. We are. That but, is, that's going to be a two-week ban. Next is. thing you'll be saying that Infinity is the... Nissan. God. It is. And Unos is Mazda. God. No, that's just a spelling... Uh, well, <laughs> they could make them one up on the, on the name. That was all. Well, they call it Miata in other places. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, no, so a good friend of mine um, had been eyeing off one for probably three or four years. One popped up for sale... In Perth, right price, right time, and he grabbed it at a very good deal. I can't actually repeat the deal on, on the microphone because it's a very good deal. And he's had it for about a month now. And again, since he used to, he works for um, a mining company now, so earns the the big big money doing the mining diesel mechanic stuff. But uh, anyway, he bought this, and he reckons that he bought it. And sort of went, well, I know a bit about these and did like, there's some common problems with them. Fixed up, like the header has a problem. The valley plate, apparently they leak water into the valley plate of the, he got all this done. Apparently he took it back to Lexus Perth. And this is a compliment to Lexus Perth. And he was fully expecting them to go, what do you want? <laughs> he rocked up in his best track suit, he reckons. <laughs> just, just, to, just to seal the deal. And they were like... Did he have like the bum bag at the front too? Not quite. He's not that, not like that. No, he's uh um, no, but you know, I'm sure that that gives you some street cred if you go to. <laughs> we have. I, I have said to him, I'm going to buy him one. Stereotyping. No, I have said I'm going to buy him one. No, no, I'm just going yeah. to say, let's serve this guy. But anyway, apparently the guys at Lexus were basically over the moon. They went, "Yeah, one of our the best cars we've ever sold. How can we help you?" And looked after him. Have looked after him with anyway. Get to the story. So we were out last night. For Shout dinner. out to Lexus Perth. Yeah. We were out for dinner, out for dinner last night, cause, um, and... Uh, Launch control? I, I wasn't that brutal on it. And basically, <laughs> since he's had it, I said, oh, oh, can I take it for a spin one day? Then last night, he just goes, here's the keys. And had a nice drive home from Vic Park. No launch control. <laughs> um, like, I mean, it's a, 2000, <laughs> it's, a, it's a 2008 model. But, man, they, they had it right back then. It's yep. eight-speed automatic, which is a bit insane. You do actually get RSI trying to downshift the gears. <laughs> but beautiful car to drive. Doesn't feel heavy. Like, doesn't feel like a big tank, even though technically it is. The V8 is just smooth. Like, for a, an iron... Well, not iron block, but super smooth. And, yeah, real pleasure to drive. In fact, I actually am looking at trying to find one now, but trying to find one for the right price is... It's one of those best care secrets where they wear a hundred and something thousand dollars brand new. 
I think they were more than that, weren't they? Yeah, I'd say that. I thought um, they were a, a lot more. I thought they were 130, 140. 120, 130, I thought. But, yeah, okay. And the second-hand market at the moment, there's some for 35 grand, believe it or not. Yeah, really. I know. Yeah. But there's others for 65 grand. Like, the market is so spread, but there's a big... People are, people are realising now that there's such a decent car. The market's starting to do the, I can't afford a Commodore, I can't afford a BMW, I can't afford this. Crap, I'm going to buy a Lexus. And You know how much my 330 Coupe was new? $109,000. Wow. <laughs> you probably get that for it now. I don't think so. I don't think but yeah, long story short, it was um, a real pleasure to drive and uh, it does go okay. I did put my foot down a little bit at one point um, to get to the speed limit in a hurry. That was it. <laughs> Uh, beautiful to drive. Um, my my favourite feature is um, the an- the beer gut steering wheel. What about the heads up? There's no heads up on this one. Oh, it's um, it's pre heads up. Yeah, so it's even pre daytime running lights. So 2008 model, no daytime oh, running okay, lights. Okay, yeah. So it's it actually. Fit so what's the beer gut steering wheel? You basically turn the car off, and the steering wheel actually tilts up and then retracts into the dash. <laughs> oh, it's made for the American market. <laughs> it's brilliant. It is clearly freaking, made for the American market. It is freaking brilliant, hey? Like, favourite feature. <laughs> and then so you start the car up, and the steering wheel comes out. And, yeah, shout out to my mate that let me drive it, and uh, beautiful car to drive. I said, I'm, I actually I want one now. Like, out of all the things I want, I really want one. Super impressed that it's just... And as we call it, we call it the Camry. The Camry. Because <laughs> um, take it easy, mate. We were out a couple of weeks ago um, with some other people and a couple. Not of young- a Camry, the Camry. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of young guys walked past it. We were out the other night, and they oh, a couple of weeks ago, he was early as well. There's so there is a model that's a uh, IS three hundred. Yeah, there's an IS three fifty. Which doesn't have the V8, but basically has a V6 in it. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that uh, yeah, it's a the, but it's an earlier one. Yeah, and that oh no, and, and it's an East West V6. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a because it's the same platform as the Camry. Yeah, it is actually the same platform. It's an um, East West V6, and the suspension bits that they sell for that will bolt straight onto the Camry. Oh, there you go. There you go. But yeah, a very nice to drive. Um, that's what I'm looking for one. This is, um, it's, pedal shift was quite nice. Um, I mean, you've come from a Subaru. I hate to draw comparisons. It was like driving my old 2008 model Liberty. Like, just the feel of it, the steering wheel felt the same. The way the stereo worked in this car, the pedal shift, everything, except it was real driving V8, this Lexus. But everything, everything, it felt like it sort of came out of a very similar factory and they've just kind of, yeah, and the next the next review will be my Blade Master G. Finally, finally, the retro plates are somewhere between here and Canberra, and the car I've been waiting for three months to test drive. Um, oh, that one I'm taking for a drive, and there will be limited launch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, that's got launch control, hasn't no. it? No, it hasn't. Oh, we'll have but to read that up. I, yeah, we'll talk about off, off air. Um, anyway. I must apologise. I haven't been on Instagram for like two months, maybe. But I yeah. saw you did some work to the Blade Master. Yeah, um, trying to fit a, an Australian spec stereo to a Japanese car. Blade Master Cash. Um, yeah, it. Um, to run one wire, I had to pull. <laughs> I had to pull the entire instrument cluster out and the entire part of the aircon control unit, everything, to run one wire. But hey, it's done now. Okay. And as I've learnt, yeah, I was being all gentle, but you just. It's all plug and play, so you just 
yoink and it all clips out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I'd actually like a drive of this car as well. Yeah, it's, um, it's actually a lot sooner rather than later now. Maybe even the next week or so. Oh, sorry. Hey, that brings us to the close of the show, guys. So, uh, look, thanks for coming in. We've got one more podcast to all four days, so make sure... Um, Blue Steel Oval, Blue Steel 3rd, Oval of October. 3rd of October. Yep. Be there. Be there, but we will be recording prior to that. And uh, come and say hello. And, uh, yeah, look... Don't I mean, be square, be oval. Yeah, be oval. <laughs> yeah. Be blue oval. <laughs> Through the oval window. <laughs> Steel blue oval. Steel blue isn't oval. It, isn't it fantastic that they're having it there? It is, actually. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's, uh, it'll be a good day out. Ironically, they I don't know if they still do, but they used to have the GM day there. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Have the GM day in the blue oval. They even had the Valiant day there a couple of times, I believe, too. Really? Yeah. So anyway, but yes, <laughs> we digress. All right, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for coming in, and uh, we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, All guys. Say right. out. Say out. Talk and power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on eighty-eight point five FM, the Valley comes alive, and podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. dot